Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So, are you in the exploration mode? Looking for more ways to enhance your sexual pleasure? Perhaps you want to know more about how mutual butt play can add some extra spice to your sex life. On today's show, we're going to get down to the basics when it comes to anal sex and butt play. And we're also going to be talking about mastering female masturbation techniques to achieve more powerful orgasms. I like that play on words, mastering masturbation. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, we're going to find out why it's like that later on. We are. We have a great guest today. But first, we're going to talk about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex. But nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry, no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. All righty. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. You know we're Carol and David, and we are super excited to welcome today's special guest. Sex and relationship therapist, author, and educator, Carlisle Jansen is from the Good For Her store in Toronto, Canada. Absolutely. So Carlisle's been on our show before. We want to welcome her back. And Carlisle, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Nice to see you guys again and to connect. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Remind everybody about how you got into this realm of sex and sex education. And sure, tell us about your store too. Mm. So um, sex didn't come very naturally to me. It's something that I was really terrified of because we didn't talk about it at home and I avoided it. And then I, with my first partner, I realized I couldn't orgasm. Um, and so, uh, I tried to figure out how to orgasm. I couldn't eventually a few years in relationships later, I was dumped for not being able to orgasm. Uh, so I went to a good friend and I said, okay, what do I need to do? She said, you need to get a back massager and put it on your clit. Mm. So I did. And, uh, that did the trick. And, um, then I started learning. And when my sister had a bridal shower and I gave her some sex toys, you know, just to kind of celebrate their relationship and her friends had all these questions, they said, wow, you're so comfortable talking about sex. You should teach workshops. And I thought, well, that sounds like fun. That was about 27 years ago. And um, then I started teaching workshops and people said we wanted a comfortable place to shop and we want more workshops. So I opened Good For Her um, almost 25 years ago. 
And uh, then I kept learning and growing and um, clients kept pushing me to, um, you know, they had more questions and I wanted to answer them. So I went back to school and became a sex therapist. Wow. Very cool. Wow. So, so I have a question because I like going sideways here. So Carol's had this dilemma. We have a 30-year-old daughter and Carol's mm -hmm. go-to sex toy is the womanizer. And we have an mm -hmm. extra one here. And Carol wants to sort of like give it to her and explain to her how it works. Miss sex therapist, Carlisle, how would Carol go about doing that? <laughs> I'm not going to say she's a prude, but you know the situation we're in where we are advocates for not only the lifestyle, but also sex education. She's not really one to ask questions. She doesn't want a huge long story. So I think she kind of avoids talking to me about sex. So I don't, hang want, on, hang on. I, I don't want to put up a wall is all I'm saying is the okay, reason okay. why I haven't right. approached Let's get it. some good advice. Okay. So, I mean, it depends a bit. Um, you know, you don't want to make her uncomfortable and you don't want to put pressure on her and you don't want her to feel like embarrassed. So, you know, I, I would potentially frame it as, hey, I know this isn't always the most comfortable thing for you. So you could say, look, here's this thing that I'd love to give to you if you're open to it. It's, you know, a really amazing toy. And a lot of people find a lot of pleasure from it. You don't have to talk to me about it at all. You don't have to share whether you've used it or not. If you want it, you're happy to, I'm happy to give it to you. But, you know, I understand if that's uncomfortable and we don't ever have to talk about it again. Well, I, you know, I think that could work. What about Carol explaining to her how it works? Mm. I wouldn't get into too much detail. No. I would say, look, you know, if there's information online about that. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. But I'm not sure she's going to feel comfortable from what you're saying. Yeah. You going in and talking about how, you know, it goes around the clitoris and da, 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 da. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what she's avoiding. She doesn't want that, that story. She does not want to hear that. I'm just her mom and she's happy just to keep me as her mom and that's it. So that's okay. Yeah. I get that. I get, yeah. And I respect it. I that's think that's great why, advice. Yeah, I think it is great advice. And I think I could probably do it in a very uh, simple way, like you just said, and keep her. And what going. about that 14 inch dildo that you have? Yeah, I don't no. think I'm going to show her that one. <laughs> the kids don't go in our room, believe me. They don't want to know what they might find in the bedside table <laughs> or closet. Some of it doesn't fit in the table. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I see it as kind of like it's a tip, you know, sort of like you would, you would give her condoms, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If, when she started, you know, exploring sexuality and say, you know, here's some different condoms and, you know, lube is something that sometimes, you know, we need help with and can add to what's going on, right? Like just kind of basic, like mm -hmm. some people like using sex toys. This is one I found enjoyable. You might like it, but I, I get it if you don't want it. Yeah. Well, we put lube in all those kids' stockings last Christmas, so they, you know, they, they, but they don't, they don't want to talk to us about it just because we're, we're always out there talking. They just don't want, they just want to keep it simple. But how I think. cool was it that they all knew it was lube as <laughs> yeah. soon as we showed it to them? They yeah. didn't ask anything. They right. knew exactly. Yeah, that was good. So why don't right. you tell us a little bit about the workshops that you have at your store? Well, yeah, we have a wide range of topics and a and a wide range of facilitators on everything from dirty talk to I do one on orgasms. Um, sometimes I do one on anal play. Um, giving great head is our most popular workshop. Um, we have them on like sexual shame, uh, discovering your erotic blueprint. Um, so basically uh, anything that anybody has come to me with an idea, I'm willing to try pretty much. Um, 
uh, on lots of different topics about sex and technique, about pleasure, um, and also sort of the greater realm of it, you know, like how to how to find your inner dominatrix, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, so um, they're an opportunity for people to learn and to feel not so alone with their questions. Um, and and to have fun while they're doing it. No, cool. it's cool. Well, we, we had we had a lot of fun when we did our workshop on swinging 101. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it was a day there was a big snowstorm, but the, yeah. both couples right. who came to our workshop ended up back at Oasis Aqua Lounge with us that evening, and we and continued able, the education, right. and they had a great time. Right. They oh, felt that's that, yeah, awesome. They did that's feel great. comfortable. And we also saw our blanket in your store when we were there, and uh, yeah, there that was kind of cool. Yeah. Definitely cool. Yeah, it's an awesome blanket. I love it. And so what prompted you to become a sex therapist? So part of it was that um, I was working with couples in particular, and I was doing what I call coaching. So people um, who were struggling with um, mismatched desires or low libido, um, problems um, with having orgasms or challenges with getting or maintaining erections, um, techniques, uh, learning how to spice it up and keep it exciting. Um, and so I'd have a couple come in and we talk about, you know, how they have differences in desire. And then what really comes out is, uh, you know, um, uh, you don't do your fair share of chores. Um, yeah, you don't really listen to me when I tell you what I like. Yeah, but you this, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm in over my head, you need to see a therapist. Right. <laughs> and then exactly. come back and talk to me about the techniques. And so it was partly that I wanted to continue learning and I thought it would be kind of exciting to bring in a different dimension to what I was doing. And um, also retail is a hard business to be in. So I just, I sort of thought, you know, I wanted to have um, kind of a backup plan for, um, uh, you know, if it just doesn't make sense to operate a retail store anymore, um, that I have something to fall back on. And it was sort of the most natural, easy, second um, kind of a career. So now I'm just kind of juggling both of them and mm -hmm. keeping a foot in both, mm -hmm. in both camps. Well, that's pretty cool, though. Um, and have you found kind of a pattern of what are the couple's issues that come to see you on a regular basis? Yeah, um, definitely um, discrepancies in desire. And there's always something underneath that, right? Mm -hmm. So it might be trauma that, you know, I have couples where one of the partners will shut down and doesn't know how to say what they want, doesn't know how to... Um, be present in sex. Um, it uh, sometimes is um, a pattern such as uh, one partner feels a little bit disconnected and initiates, but the way it comes out, um, the other partner interprets as angry or as blaming or making them feel guilty or um, uh, in a way that they feel like all they want me for is for sex. And so rather than saying yes, they shut down and they pull away. And so then the first person feels more lonely again. Yeah. Um, and then you end up, you know, not having sex and feeling like the other person doesn't understand you and you feel alone and you feel misunderstood. So that's really common. Um, and I find emotionally focused therapy is really helpful for figuring out what that pattern is. Um, and is so it, that's, is it that's more the husband or the wife who usually comes to see you, um, with mismatched desire. Yeah. 
I, you know, I'm getting more and more in heterosexual couples, I'm getting more and more women mm. who are coming forth. Um, now, often, it, you know, when you explore a bit, there's some um, erectile dysfunction, some shame about sex, about desires um, that's underneath that. But uh, often it's both. Um Although there's often one person who's kind of pulling a little bit more um, and the other person, usually they there's some version of they want to want to have sex, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have mismatched sexual desires and we have ever since we we met. And you'd mm-hmm. think being swingers that we were all in gangbusters every week. We were fucking different couples. And that's not the case. You know, um, the human body, we're both over 50, um, changes over time. Carol went through menopause and lower libido. um, And for whatever reason, I got hornier and hornier and hornier. It must be all those green Smarties (laughs) that I'm eating. But, um, you know, by listening to the great guests and experts we've had on our show, like you, Carlisle, um, we've learned how to, and, and, you know, we say it all the time and couples don't execute it, but we've learned how to communicate. We've learned Mm -hmm. how to talk about what our needs are, what our wants are. Um, I had yeah. to tone it down a little bit. Carol had to tell me what she needs to get aroused and excited. And as we get older, it takes a little bit of time. Maybe you want to get For into sure. that. Yeah. Well, and Dr. Peggy Kleinplatz is um, out of Ottawa, and she um, has come up with optimal sexual experiences by interviewing long-term partners who are in very satisfying relationships. And she's found some really great um things about, you know, what boosts our desire and what what makes great sex for people is things like being vulnerable and taking risks and opening up and communicating. And the one thing that she's um, now talking about also is um, having sex worth wanting, mm. right? If you, if you don't speak up about your desires or what you want in general, right, and this is what we, we all need to do, is that we end up having sex that's kind of mediocre or not right. very good. And so, you know, if you go to a restaurant where the food isn't very good, are you excited about going back? Not really. No. No. Right. So why are you interested in having sex if it's very mediocre or even displeasurable? Right. So if like you guys, people can communicate their desires and their wants a little bit more so that you know what your partner wants and and you know how to create the sex that they want, then they're much more interested in going there. Right. And. And, you know, we've, we um, had a guest on our show a couple of months ago, Dr. Sarah, and she talked about creating a sexual menu where, you know, both people sit down and they put on the menu what they want as an appetizer, what they want as a main course, what they want as a dessert. And it's about just adding things to that repertoire. And last week on our, our sex, our date night, um, we had sex without having sex because we played a sexy erotic game for three mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. and all the different cards had us doing little titillating different things that build up the arousal. And for three hours, we talked about sex. We touched each other in different ways. We had to do strip teases. And by the time the evening was over, we had the most amazing sex. Mm. Carol had a huge orgasm because nice. it takes time to get all that going that, and get in the mood. And it also was very fun. Do you sell sex toys? Uh, sorry, sex games? games in your store we we have in the past i haven't found any that i've really liked so i'm curious if you have any recommendations mm-hmm. well we'll um, let you know but, about what was it called again oh, it was called sexy, sexy folly. folly it was a game i've i've had it in the house for years 
And it's okay. all, all it is is a, a board game with different cards, and you have some are erotic, some are sex, sensual, some are romantic. You pick them up, and you just have to do something, and, and it lasts for mm. 90 seconds. You have a little um, timer, timer oh, thing. You do it 90 yeah. seconds, and you're back at the game. Yeah. And there's no fucking and there's no um yeah. long sessions it's doing a little bit of this and back at the game yeah. and the next person does it and it just so happened carol was winning the whole game and everything was about <laughs> her i kept doing her i had to massage her i had to touch her i had to tickle Darn. her and, uh-huh. anyways, it, it was a lot of fun yeah it was definitely yeah. fun we have something called i dare you which are little sealed envelopes of right. sharing of yourself or doing something like ordering you know takeout while i go down on you and you have to keep a straight face kind uh-huh. of thing yeah. right exactly so those are those are fun and um another thing that i really enjoy is um we have something called ask deep questions it's a little series of cards and it's those things where you share of yourself and you open up and even though you've been together for so long discovering something new or something you yeah. didn't know very exciting yeah that makes it really fabulous and um, and connecting. And also, as you get practiced in, th- in talking to each other through these games, you get used to using vocabulary and bringing things up which you thought you were totally taboo, you would never say them. So even through the game, you get just... Uh, experiences and how to speak to your partner. And we both realized that we need to do a lot of work on performing strip teases because we are <laughs> both so bad. Yeah, that won't be a profession that we'll ever do ever. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it's fun to watch each other do it and yeah. move in the wrong ways. Sure. Yeah, exactly. and laugh yeah. at each other and that's half the battle. Yeah, often it's about the effort, right? You're trying something for me that that gets you know 98% of the brownie points in my in my view it's only 2% skill yeah yeah absolutely yeah, and guys don't just expect the women to put on their sexy lingerie you should have a nice pair of For underwear sure. and shirt and stuff and yeah. um, it goes both ways yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I don't know if Dave's any better uh, at a striptease than me because, you know, we're really both bad, but he does definitely do a good effort. (laughs) I try. I put a cowboy hat on last week. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Good for you. That's great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. This is a great chance to uh, take a quick break, remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're Carol and David, and we're talking with sex and relationship therapist Carlisle Jansen. So stay right there. We won't be long. Absolutely. We're going to be right here because we're going to tell you all about topless travel. So if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you just need to book with them. From Hedonism 2 in Jamaica and Desire in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruise experiences, topless travel needs to be your number one choice. Yeah, this, their trips and events are all about the people and all the sexy, fun experiences. Hey, let's just shout out to some of the host couples, including Chelsea and Mark, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Absolutely. And we travel with uh, Topless Travel regularly. And listen up, we are really looking forward to their Sexy Silver full takeover of Desire Pearl from October 16th to the 23rd, 2022. Um, we're going to be there broadcasting live and rooms are selling quickly. So book now. Come and join us for a week. We'd love to meet you. For more information about this trip or any of our other events, then go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on Topless Travel Events a link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Absolutely. All righty. You know where Carol and David, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. Let's get back to our show with author and educator Carlisle Johnson. 
Um, and uh, we're going to talk about some of her books that she wrote. Yeah, I know. You have an amazing book called Sex Yourself, The Woman's Guide to Mastering Masturbation and Achieving Powerful Orgasms. <gasps> Let's start with that one. First of all, tell us what motivated you to write that book. Um, I was approached about writing this book. Um, I mean, I'd been teaching workshops on orgasms, on pleasure, on techniques and toys um, for a while. And so um, I was approached by the publisher and I thought, wow, this is great. Um, and I really just sort of put down on paper all the things that I've been talking about for so many years. I had to do a little research on some other things, but um, it was a nice opportunity to kind of put it all in one package uh, some of my thoughts and experiences around this. Wow, very cool. So tell us, first of all, why it's important for women to masturbate. Uh, I mean, the first thing is, is that you're your own best lifetime lover. <laughs> you need to know what works for you um, so that you can communicate that to a partner rather than expecting them to know what you like, like I did with my first lover. Um, it enables you to be self-reliant so that you don't have to rely on somebody else to give, quote, give you an orgasm, mm -hmm. um, because nobody gives you an orgasm. They help facilitate it. They're a witness. They're an accomplice. But really, it's up to you to figure out how you get there. So, um, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, I know Carol is really good at communicating what she likes. So in, in a swinger environment, when we're in a foursome or a morsum or a big orgy, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are going down on her and she's learned but over the years how to tell a person what to do. In your book, mm -hmm. do you explain to women what words to use? Like, what are some examples? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I talk about, and this is so hard for women, like when I teach my orgasm workshop, sometimes I do a communication exercise and even just saying what we want. We don't know what we want. We don't know how to communicate that. So what I usually um, say is to, is to give feedback to what somebody's doing. One thing you like and one thing you want differently. Um, and oral sex is really hard because we can't do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I can show you. I could try. Or, <laughs> or this is how it's done, right? Um, I mean, we can learn from asking the people who are doing to us. Like sometimes I'll say like, okay, whatever you're doing right now, don't stop. And then we'll talk about it later. Yeah. You can tell me what it was so I can yeah. remind you, right? Yeah. So it, it is really hard to, to be able to instruct, but things like slow um, or hard or soft or long, right, are good ways to start. And then, um, yeah, giving your partner feedback. One thing you like, one thing you want differently is helpful because you can pinpoint it a little bit more. So, okay, I like the speed, but can you go more softly, please, right? And because the problem is if you don't say that you like the speed, when, when you say go softly, they often go slower too. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. no, 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 yeah. that's not what I want, right? And then you're not getting closer to what you want. No, 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 the speed was okay. The softness is better. Oh yeah, that is softer, but even softer still, uh. right? To try and narrow it down and get more of what you want in the moment. 
No, that's great. I know most of the time, especially at the beginning of our relationship, I would say, I have no idea what you're doing, but it's freaking awesome. <laughs> Keep doing that. And so uh, I didn't really learn the words of what it is that he's doing. But later, um, years later, when I actually went down on a woman for the first time myself, and David, with his help, he kind of showed me what he does. And now, then I can imagine it. And I did learn how to say more things after that. I was much more comfortable after being really up close and personal with somebody else's mm -hmm. vulva and making them feel good. It did make it a lot easier for me to explain or suggest even more different, I guess, instructions on how to make right. myself come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so Carlisle, mm -hmm. here's the big question. A yeah. person is going down on you. It's not mm. feeling great. You're giving them instructions. Do you fake the orgasm or do you like move around and try and change the situation? So I would say a couple different options. One is, um, you know, giving something positive, right? You know, I love your enthusiasm and your tongue feels so good. And then say, just stay right there. And then you grind against them. Uh. Right. So that you can control the pressure mm -hmm. and the speed um, and the length of the stroke. The other alternative is to say, wow, that was so great. Let's do something else. Oh, there you go. Right? Especially if somebody that, you know, you're not going to have sex with again, right? Yeah. You're at an event or whatever, right? It's like, okay, this is this is not where we're going to have success. Let's let's shift to something else. Now, very often the guy says, did you come? Because I don't know how guys don't know if you came or not, but it does happen, obviously. Do I say, yeah, mm -hmm, great, or, oh, not now? Like, how, how do you answer that without hurting their feelings? Because it is about them feeling an accomplishment, right? You say, that felt really awesome. Thank you so much. I didn't orgasm and that's normal for me. But, you know, thanks for all of the effort you put into that. It was a great experience. Mm, there you go. That's very positive. And, that and, we, and we hear that regularly in our swinger world because mm. not everybody knows how to get some people off. Some women, it takes a lot longer. Some of our friends for can sure. come a hundred times in an hour. And, you know, you can't take it personally because you just got to know that person and it takes time to learn and, and get the literally ins and outs of what's going on. Some women like fingers, some women like tongues. You like when I put four fingers in, some women don't like any fingers. You can't learn all that in, in a short time frame. Right, right. And, right. The, and, and some people also need more intensity. Mm -hmm. Some people need more of a grip. Um, for example, on a penis than a hand can offer, or some people need a vibrator with more intensity than a tongue, fingers, or a penis can offer. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with a partner's ability. That's just about what my body needs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and sometimes when we're playing with another couple and she's giving me a blowjob and she's going at it, Carol turns over and says, I see that she's not doing exactly the right thing and she'll come over and she'll suck my balls or play with my perineum or suck my cock with her just to keep the rhythm going and keep the movement going because it's not necessarily that she's doing something wrong. She's just not necessarily doing something that I like. Or a complete, uh, mm -hmm. right. yeah, a complete right. touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's what we do as a couple. We mm -hmm. check out, watch out for each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's great. So now I know we talk, we're talking about nat masturbation, but there's different ways of doing it. Obviously, there's solo masturbation and there's mutual masturbation. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the benefits of those two. And differences. Yeah. 
Well, what's great about solo is you can experiment with um, what you like without the pressure of somebody watching you um, or worrying about doing it right, right? You, you're just like, you can just go with wild abandon and go wherever you want to go. Um, you know, on your own, you don't have to wait for a partner. You don't have to consider their desires and their feelings. <clears throat> you can just kind of go after it. And certainly, you know, if your partner is not around, they're not in the mood, um, then solo is great. Um, when it comes to uh, mutual masturbation, um, you can watch how your other person plays with themselves right or you can get off on watching them you can get off on them watching you you can get um uh new ideas from watching them um and it's just kind of variety when it comes to sex play right yeah. you've got we always need some new things to try different ways of doing it just just one way to switch it up yeah and absolutely. you know like last week we were playing and um we had a really nice long fuck session um i did Carol Doggy? I did her missionary. She sucked my cock. She gave me a great hand job, and it happens sometimes where I overheat, and it just goes over that point of coming. And regardless of what I tried to do, I couldn't come. So I just said, you know what, babe? Let's just lie on the bed. And I know she loves watching me masturbate. And we just lied there. And I stroked my cock, and she tickled my balls, and she gave me a bit of lube, and I stroked myself, and in. Three, four, five minutes, I came, and she loves watching the cum come out of the top of the head of my cock. And that was it. And then she stuck her finger in. She licked a little bit of cum, and we were done. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had an amazing mm -hmm. orgasm an hour earlier. <laughs> well, I, I I knew by the time he was like that far into over the it edge, yeah. that he wasn't going to be able to come. So I'm there. Okay, so it's cool. Just take a breather. You know, he's huffing mm -hmm. and puffing and we are 58 years old, but that's okay. He was huffing and puffing and we just took a little break. And, and it was hot for you. Yeah, it was hot. Definitely. And you were playing yes. with your pussy. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's just, again, a bit of romance, a bit of sensuality. But, but sometimes we plan from the beginning that we're going to do mutual masturbation, right. not right. just that it turned out that, that day that uh, you went over over the edge but yeah mm -hmm. we love toys yeah we we like to do it sometimes hey let's just do this um i feel like playing with a toy tonight i want to we want to watch me and yeah yeah especially good. watching tv you were talking talking about netflix and stuff like that uh sometimes we have commercial sex where we just have sex during the commercial and well that's when the hockey game's on because not netflix has no commercials but when there's hockey right. on and i have to sit and but watch hockey i always bring the blanket down there in front of the tv and then, okay we're having commercial sex no problem <laughs> we create the commercial awesome exactly. that's great well you get lots of time these days for the commercial time so that's yeah. good especially during gray's anatomy yeah, there's so absolutely. many commercials all right let's talk about anal another book that uh carlisle wrote called anal <laughs> sex bake Basics, the beginner's guide to maximizing anal pleasure for every body. Mm -hmm. So how do you bring it up to your partner that you want to explore anal play if that's not something you've done in the past? Mm -hmm. um, I always say, first of all, get to know your body. We were just talking about masturbation. Get to know your own body in terms of butt play so that you have a little more information. And there's kind of sometimes an idea in heterosexual couples that, you know, it only goes one way, but it totally goes both ways. Hell you know, yeah. everybody's got a butt. It's the equal opportunity orifice. <laughs> um, so, so don't go into it with an idea of, okay, I want to put something in there, right? It's sort of like, hey, this would turn me on. I want to try this on me. Maybe you want to try this on you. Um, so focus on the, the pleasure of it rather than, you know, what you 
um, want to feel with the other person's body. Um, and, and I like to play a game called three oranges and a lemon. So three things that you love about your erotic connection and one thing you want differently. So I love how we have, you know, um, commercial sex, right? Um, I love the way that you go down on me and we'll spend a long time down there if it takes me a while. I love um, that you um, incorporate the fantasies that I tell you into our sex play. And and I have this idea that it'd be really fun to explore butt play. What do you think? Uh Right. So you've given three positives and then both of you get to do that. Right. Then the other person gives the three oranges and a lemon. So that's one way of bringing it up, I find, is talking about, hey, I've had this idea and I already know this about my body. And um, and so I think that's, uh, you know, kind of a good way of broaching the topic. Mm -hmm. And if they're not like um, receptive to it, do you push it or do you leave it? I don't think pushing it ever really helps. Um, I think sometimes um, knowing what the resistance is is helpful. Oh, it's dirty. Oh, it's wrong. Um, oh, um, you know, it'll lead to HIV. Oh, it um, is dangerous. Um, you know, whatever it is, so that you can address those and say, okay, you know, we don't have to talk about it now. Tell me when you want to talk about it, and let's let's address some of your concerns, because it's fine if you don't want to do it, but let's make sure it's for reasons that actually are, make sense, you know, and dispel some of the myths about it before we jump to conclusions. And it's a good idea even to go online and and research those things together. So if she, if you say one thing and, and she says, well, I don't believe that's true. So, well, let's look it up together because some people who think that it's dirty and have no idea how it can be not dirty, right. you can look that up and, you know, even does it cause HIV? You can look the, those things up or read your book, obviously. I'm sure all of those myths are mm-hmm. busted in your book. And I know, Carlisle, you write about the ins and outs of anal play, which is which talks about you don't have to go in because of the nerve mm-hmm. endings that are on the out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, my favorite things to say is that butt play doesn't have to include penetration. Right. And um, so often the pain that people experience is because they're going in too fast or they go in without warming up. And so I always say to do a good 10 to 15 minutes of external play before you go inside. So you use your fingers, you use your tongue, you use a vibrator. Um, and um, so that the anus goes from like tight and that it's going to hurt to relaxed and trusting and hungry for more. Um, So lots of external play first and then not starting with something three inches wide to start with. (laughs) Lots of lube. Right. Starting with a finger and some lube. Right. And, you know, fingers are very agile and you can feel what's going on. You can feel the pressure. You can put pressure against places like the prostate, um, for folks with penises or the perineal sponge for folks with vulvas and really um, target specific erogenous zones so that you ensure that it's pleasurable rather than just getting something in there. Yeah. And also, you, if you do have long nails, as I do, you can have um, a finger condom if you're worried about that, that you might scratch or even get some debris inside. Uh, where can you get those finger condoms? So we used to carry them at Good For Her, but um, I think somewhere like, um, 
like a drugstore will have oh, them yeah. now. Yeah. Or in Toronto, we have a place called Starkman's that's like all surgical supply. Um, I just use gloves because I'm always paranoid that the, the finger cot's going to come off oh, your really? finger. Yeah. Right. Um, so I like gloves and I like black gloves mm. because I have light skin mm -hmm. and when you pull your finger out, sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of darker colored matter, yeah. residue as some people call it, <laughs> out on your finger. Right. And so I like black colored gloves because it kind of camouflages it. Yeah. And then you you can use all your fingers in whatever way you want. Yeah. You're, you just pull the glove off and your hand's clean. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But if you're just starting off, staying on the outside without even going in, there's plenty of fun mm -hmm. things you can do with rimming and lots of lube and just touching. Just and, amazing. Yeah, and trying all different things. And A vibrating toothbrush. Oh, yeah, we did that we one. We tried that. <laughs> just on the outside. The, ba the back of the toothbrush, not yeah. the bristles. Yeah, yeah I was right. going to say, I'd put, a con I'd put a finger condom on that one. No, Carol took the vibrator toothbrush and just put it around the, the anus the anus and while she was doing that she was stroking my cock and giving me a hand job and it was like there was a vibrator in my ass because you felt it right through the perineum mm. up through the shaft of the cock yeah. it was really yeah. really cool but for those who actually mm. have little bullets little bullets work well too you don't have to use a vibrating toothbrush always with a stopper <laughs> yes that's yeah. absolutely true Sure. All right, let's talk about let's talk about positions, techniques, and something that's not talked about too much, but pegging, which is becoming more and more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like to um see my partner's face. Um, because there's so much about sex and in particular butt sex, it's about performance, right? And you don't want to be in the situation where you're saying, you know, is that all right? And the partner like so wants to be a good partner is just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so to be able to see their face, to really see what's going on, I think is, is helpful. So, you know, the good old missionary position with like, um, a pillow or like a liberator wedge underneath their butt so that you have better access is really great. Um, um, doggy or from behind is really good. And what I like about doggy or the receiving partner on top is that you can then direct depth and the speed, right? Mm -hmm. You can back onto your partner, you can lower yourself onto your partner um, so that you can kind of be in control. And then when you're kind of in a rhythm and it feels okay and you're relaxed a little bit more, then your partner can take over the movement if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But um, I like those positions for um, kind of control. And then you want to also angle the penis or the toy towards the belly button to get the perineal sponge, which is like about a thumb depth in towards the belly button or the prostate. If you have a partner who's got a penis um, a little bit farther in and angling to hit that, I find is really helpful. Oh, great. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to techniques, besides being gentle and uh, starting slowly, what else can you give for hints for, for newbies? Yeah, starting small, you know, when you mentioned pegging, mm -hmm. you want to use, don't go with a big toy mm -hmm. um, and go with something smooth and something that has a head because the head as it pulls out catches and feels really good. Um, uh, other things I would still, so even though the outside feels really great before you enter, 
But even after you enter, you can still massage those nerve endings around your finger or your penis or the dildo that's there to massage those same nerve endings and keep them relaxed feels good. Um, some people really like it when you play with the clit or the vagina at the same time or the penis. Although some, I find some penis owners find they're like either you're doing your butt or you're oh, doing my right. penis, not both. Okay. So, I get um, that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so just sort of figuring out whether they want heightened pleasure in other erogenous zones at the same time or whether it's really like, no, let's just focus on one thing yeah. and do that one thing yeah. right now. And just, just for those of you out there who are listening, you know, uh, we spoke about, um, you know, anal sex, which most guys are like, hey, I want to do her up the ass. But pegging is about the woman maybe putting on a strap on or using a toy on her male partner and um, what's good for the geese is good for the gander, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and men have a prostate, which gives amazing orgasms. Yep. So all the more reason to do it that way first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and girls, girls, just don't sneak it in. Talk to us first. Start really <laughs> small. Lots of lube. We're not used to having things put into us. We're normally used to putting things into you. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very Mindset. unique and different experience for a lot of guys. And I think it, it, it evens the playing field a little bit. There's a bit of empathy mm-hmm. understanding. Oh, now I get a mm-hmm. little bit what it's like to mm-hmm. have somebody inside of you. Yeah. Now I get how vulnerable that is. Now I get how intense that is. No, it's absolutely Which true. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? No, it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Well, thank you for giving us a little bit of your from your beginner's guide. And I hope people can go out and buy that and get a little bit more information. Just another reminder that we're Carol and David. This is a sexy lifestyle. And we're talking with Carlisle Jansen. She's an author and educator. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. But first, a shout out to another one of our sponsors. Stay right there. So if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, you can go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 to get your first month free. So check it out. Absolutely. All righty. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're Carol and David. And you know this is our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So we're chatting with sex and relationship therapist, author and educator, Carlisle Jansen. So let's get into some ways that we can improve our relationship and have better sex. So let's start by talking about desire. How important Mm. is it to have your desires heard by your partner? Uh, I think it's very important. I think it's critical. And um, uh, I mean, there's I see it as two kinds of desires. One is um, desire like fantasies, you know, that I want to, um, I want to explore butt play or I want to explore domination. Um, but also then it's about sort of technique, right? Like I want you to touch me in this way and I want you to pleasure me in that way. And there's an element of intimacy that comes out of that. Um, as long as it's done in a way of saying, you know, this is what I like. I'd I'd love you to do this, please. Um, There's an element of risk, um, vulnerability. Um, You know, also, how are they going to know what to do for you if you don't tell them? You know, and so many people have this idea that um, it's all supposed to be natural. You're supposed to just, you know, be able to figure it out. And um, 
uh, and that if you um, if you have to explain it, then it's not really genuine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if I have to tell you that I want you to do this, that, and the other thing, then when you do it, it's not really genuine. Well, it shows that they're listening to you. Yeah. So I think that's great. Um, so um, I think it's it's also an opportunity to learn from each other and discuss with each other about what your individual desires are and what you want to do more of. And I guess the three oranges and a lemon would be a perfect time Hell to play yeah. this yeah. when you're trying to tell someone how you want to be touched or looked at yeah. or romanced or whatever it might Fantasies, be. Fantasies, role play, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's yeah. about talking and really communicating with your partner about, you know, what you want and how you want to do it. Now, we know, we know, we know, we've spoken about it a million times on our show, that mindfulness is a must for great sex. How do mm. people get to that good place? So I, I like to use just the five senses, just, you know, paying attention to what is going on um, in your body. So what do I smell? What do I taste? Um, or would I like to taste? Um, what do I feel in different parts of my body? What do I hear? So that brings you into the here and now. And um, you know, John Kabat-Zinn's um, mindfulness is all about non-judgmental awareness. And so that part of it is also that your mind's going to wander. You're going to compile shopping lists or um, think about like, oh, maybe, you know, that was a, uh, I made a farting noise. I wonder if, you know, <laughs> he's turned off or she's, you know, a bit like, oh, God, what am I doing here? You know, so. Uh, so it's partly about um, just like, you know, you think about things and then you come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so if you get distracted, that's OK. That's normal. Just come back to. Right. What do I feel? What do I sense? Because then the senses are so much more powerful. You feel so much more pleasure. Um, and. Uh, if you're thinking about other things, you're either distracted and or you're anxious. Mm -hmm. What if I do it wrong? What if I lose my erection? What if I can't orgasm? And when we get anxious, our body interprets that um, like danger, like a bear's chasing you, right? And so if a bear's chasing you, this is not a good time to have an erection. This is not a good time to have an orgasm. And so your body shuts down. Um, and all the blood flows out of your genital region. So mindfulness sort of takes you out of the like, oh my God, what if into like what's happening right now? Ooh, that's really nice. Yeah. And I know that I too get distracted. As you said, it's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. And I have my go-to fantasy that reminds me that I'm here in this most beautiful spot where my husband's pleasuring me and I'm feeling amazing. So let's get back there. And I usually use that fantasy where it just relaxes my whole body. And then Mm -hmm. I think, okay, yes, I'm in this. I'm in this beautiful place. And you know what's really cool is, I mean, we've been together 15 years and um, we've traveled and we've been out there. And I know Carol has this busy brain thing where she goes off. And when I'm going down on her and I'm licking her pussy, I can tell sometimes when she's going away because her clit, the erection on her clit goes away. And, and on a regular basis, I say, babe, stay with me now. Stay with me. Remember that other remember that other guy that has his cock in your mouth? And that's my fantasy. That's her fantasy. And it brings her back and her clit comes back. And, you know, knowing your partner, you talk, we talked about communicating. We talked about desires. It's so important. And you, you have to be really connected to that person that you're with. 
Mm -hmm. That's amazing that you can tell because I have talked to partners who say, yeah, I can tell when she's not really present or I can tell when he's somewhere else. And I think that's a really great intuitive sense. And the way that you just non-judgmentally, hey, come on back. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. Be with me. Mm -hmm. Right. So that it's not like, oh, man, I left again. Oh, geez, why am I doing that? I'm doing it wrong. And why can't I just stay present? And this is not working. And right. I mean, that's not helpful either. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. yeah. Oh, right. We're here. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can feel it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And that's why sometimes trying a new position, it's fun and take it as fun. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the most uh, crazy orgasm because if you're focusing on a position and it's not right. quite right and your leg might be falling off the, you know, the massage table the wrong way and, you know, because mm-hmm. just have fun with the position, right. feel the pleasure and don't worry about it too much. And and even trying to fight for that orgasm all the time, it's like just enjoy the pleasure of it and not always worrying about whether the orgasm comes Absolutely. or not. Absolutely. Speaking so, about orgasms. So in your opinion, are all orgasms equal? Uh, nope, never. They're all different. <laughs> They're all different. And um, even a clitoral orgasm with like a magic wand, powerful vibrator is different than a clitoral orgasm from oral pleasure or fingers. They're all very different. And, um, you know, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's erogenous zones are a little bit different, especially I find women or folks with vaginas. Um, it's, um, it's, it, it really depends. So for example, like nipples, some people, it's like, oh my God, it's like a direct connection to the clitoris. It's amazing. Or, you know, makes a penis erect, like, oh, and others, it's no different than stimulating the elbow. Right. 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 So, so clitoral stimulation is going to feel different to different people. G-spot stimulation, it will feel different to different people. But in terms of having an orgasm, I think they're all good. Like all orgasms are oh, yeah. great uh, to have. Yeah, and of for course, sure. Um, we're not going to put any down. I'll take any orgasm, any type of orgasm, any day Absolutely. of the week. But certainly there are some amazing orgasms over some that were just, eh, you know, oh yeah, it was fine. It happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And-, and it might be that generally clitoral ones for you are always really great. And for me, they're unreliable, you know, or for you, um, G-spot um, is a really strong erogenous zone. And for me, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when Carol and I are having sex and um, it's just, you know, I got off and I'm trying and she's not getting there. I just just say, you know what, babe, tonight's one of those nights where you need your womanizer. I go over, I get it to her and she takes it. She knows where to put it. She might suck my cock. We might sit there and just touch each other. I might caress her, play with her nipples. And she just does it herself. And it's mm. nothing where I did something wrong. It's just the moment right. wasn't there for her to feel comfortable to orgasm what, with what, what I was doing. Yeah. Whatever distraction mm-hmm. was there, I could not get myself back into it. And he doesn't want me to feel bad. And what he's saying is he says, okay, tonight's a night for a womanizer. It's not that, not that he's decided that. Right. It's just that he doesn't want me to give up on it. He still wants me to mm-hmm. still have my orgasm, but Absolutely. he wants me just to do it in my own time, in my own space. And, yeah. and he gives me that space to do because it. Because the the worst thing is I'm going to stay there for a half an hour and right. she's going to totally lose it. And it's not going to be a, right. a, a good moment. And it's like, you need to know when to say, you know what? It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Here you go, babe. Do it yourself. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is important to be able to put your ego aside and not to feel like, oh, if it's not for me, then it's not good, or she doesn't love me, or, 
you know, I'm not a good lover, right? right? It's that, that it's what, what does she need in order to get there? Yeah. And, and sticking with it is going to add more pressure to her anyways, and pressure is going to kill the orgasm. Yeah. So it's not going to help. Yeah. Cause usually I just say, well, it's not happening tonight. It's all good. Cause it, like it did feel great. Everything was fine. It just, we didn't get to that final moment and that's okay too. But he said, no, honey, yeah. it's all right. You can do it. Take your time, relax. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. what about those squirting ejaculations? Are those considered orgasms? So ejaculation and orgasm are two different things. Also in men or folks with penises, even though the ejaculation and the orgasm happens within one second of each other for folks with penises, it feels like it's one and the same, but they're separate. And so for those of us who um, have vulvas, um, um, we can ejaculate without having an orgasm. We can have a G-spot orgasm and not ejaculate. So they're two separate things. Now, ejaculation does feel pleasurable. And um, people who ejaculate regularly, I find it's often with G-spot stimulation and often at the point of orgasm, Um, but not necessarily. So just because you didn't squirt didn't mean you didn't have an orgasm. Um, and just because you don't squirt doesn't mean you don't have great orgasms. And just because you squirted doesn't mean that you necessarily had an orgasm or there's something wrong. It's Mm -hmm. just, you squirted and Mm -hmm. you might orgasm the next time you do or in between. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes when I have like lots of squirting orgasm, uh, sorry, squirting or ejaculates, when I ejaculate a lot in one session, I can't really come to orgasm afterwards. Sometimes I'm like done. Mm -hmm. And so... I, it feels great to ejaculate. It feels great to squirt everywhere. And I don't need to have that orgasm afterwards. And I'm good. I'm good to go. So, you know, mm-hmm. not that it was the same thing, but it still felt great. So that's okay, too. It's all about yeah, the pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I think we get, it becomes really dangerous when we measure the quality and the satisfaction of a sexual encounter by how many orgasms, how many ejaculations, you know, how many new things, you know, it's more of a felt sense of, you know, we had pleasure, we shared intimacy, we were honest with each other, we went with what felt good. And we um, had a shared experience that leaves a good taste in our mouth, so to speak. Well, I say the same thing about the time spent because sometimes a quickie yeah. can be so amazing, sure. so hot and yeah. and and Intense, even and yeah. a two-hour session can be so amazing. Yeah. So we're yeah. not judged by but how that's long why variety it took. is so important. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. Carla, we're coming to the end of the show, and before we mm-hmm. ask you for some final advice, we've spoken a lot about you know your uh, sex therapy. We've spoken a lot about our experiences. We're going to ask you about um, what's one of your most memorable sexual experiences with your partner that stayed with you over the years? Mm. Um, So I got a card that um, uh, instructed me to um, go out and be back at a certain time and put on what is on the bed. So, I mean, my arousal was like way high Uh for the whole week anticipating this night. And um, so when I came back, uh, it was dark. There were um, rose petals all along and candles on the alternate stairs. And by the way, you can buy rose petals from the flower shop. You don't have to pick them all off yourself. (laughs) Um, 
there was like champagne and chocolate at the foot of the bed and there was a new sexy thing on the bed to put on. So I did as I was told and um, waited and um, then my partner emerged and um, it brought out something that I had written about in a fantasy. So brought that out and incorporated it. And, you know, what makes that so memorable is that the fantasy in acting it didn't really work right <laughs> that didn't matter no that didn't matter it was the attention yeah. it was the thoughtfulness it was the planning it was the thinking of me right and then we had kind of sex in a relatively regular way um but um but it's not about the act itself. Right. It's about all the pieces that put it together that make it so memorable. Absolutely. So wow, nice. that's a so great nice. story. Love Thank it. you for love sharing it. that. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I've, I've shared that in workshops in the past and women will say, no, that only happens in movies. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's nice that you're able to have that for yourself and yeah, be able to share that. That's exactly. really awesome. All right. Final advice. Okay. So yeah, we always end our show with some final advice. What would you say would be the top two things that a couple could do tonight to increase their sexual intimacy? Mm. Uh, the first I'd say is take a risk. Um, share something that's, that pushes your edges a bit that, you know, about uh, something you haven't tried or thought of or shared about what you like. Like, you know, for the last 20 years, you put your tongue in my ear. I actually don't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, uh, and the second would be slow down and pay attention to the moment. I, even though being fast is really fun, um, you could speed up. But when we slow it down, there's an exquisiteness in that moment where we just feel and connect and it's like time stops. Mm -hmm. uh, so slowing it down, I think, is really nice um, to try. No, I think that's great. great and great we advice. have a mutual good friend, Dr. Jess O'Reilly, who taught us 12 or 13 years ago when we first got into the swinging lifestyle, which was, yes, slow it down. And if you think you're going slow, go even slower. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's amazing what happens when you do that. Absolutely. All right. Carlisle Jansen from Good For Her. Thank you so much for being here, sharing all that amazing information. Why don't you tell everybody um, where they can find you, social media, website, your books? Uh, so uh, easiest way to find me is goodforher.com. Um, you can also go to my website, but it's a little bit more complicated, carlislejansen.com, if you don't know how to spell my name. Um, and um, on social, um, Instagram is at goodforherstore. Um, Twitter is at goodforher. And I'm uh, it's goodforher on Facebook or my own name on Facebook. Perfect. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information, and you can even contact them directly there if you have any questions about their work. And you know, we're learning more and more every week from all our expert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty, the end of another great show with another super amazing guest, Carla Jansen. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. And as we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And just to remind you to join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's, a, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please 
stay safe, and of course, stay sexy, everybody. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. Oh,